When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Agenda Podcast. I'm Ian Crow and I'm joined by Conor O'Neill. Everton might let you down, but you, the listeners and the fans, certainly don't, as we've been submitted a whole host of questions via the Royal Blue Facebook page as well as other various social media outlets. Conor, how are you? Surviving. Just about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surviving. I see you've had, you've, you've had a nice haircut. That must make you feel a little bit better. Well, you have to, you have to do something, don't you? You have to sat you got to, you got to do something. something to give yourself a little boost, haven't you? So I treat myself to an haircut. Okay, well, we'll get right to it. We've got plenty of questions that uh, you guys have submitted to us. The first question by Matthew Kane, and it's not really a question. He just basically said, good luck with this week's podcast, lads. <laughs> what does that tell you? I think if no one understands that, why? In about 20 minutes, half an hour time, not fully understand why that statement has been made. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I appreciate the good luck. Um, Jess and Matthew, we'll move on to the next one. Matthew Barry, regular listener and regular submitter of questions. Put it to you, Connor. Matthew Barry says, if you could have a five-minute conversation with Mishiri and Brands about the current situation, what's the one question you would ask them? What's going on? I think it'd be the the question. It's the question on ever ever so his lips at the minute, isn't it? I think it just seems so divided. I think you, you get the feeling that you know Mishiri and Brands are not for David Moyes making a return to the football club, and, and Bill Kenwright is all for David Moyes making a return to the football club, and as a result, we're you know seemingly at loggerheads. Um, it's just a total mess. And I think if if you had you know, a five-minute conversation, you just be asking, what's going on? What, what are we doing to fix it? Mm. You know, where do we go from here? What's the plan? Just just the questions that I think are on everyone's lips right now, aren't they? Because no one really knows what's going on. I think it was quite telling at the line, certain media outlets reporting on you know, Sunday night into, into Monday morning was, you know, Everton are considering making a change, which just basically does nothing for no one. does nothing for Marco. does do nothing for Marco Silva, does nothing for the players, does nothing for the fans, not for anyone involved with the club, really, because... You either back your manager or you sack him. And we just seem when they have done neither, just kind of let him get on with it. And yeah. I think if you were just used to ask them one question, it has to be what's going on. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, my question, if it was just the one, I would literally ask who's in charge of running foot the football side of things because I don't believe at this moment in time Marcel Brands has full control. So it would be interesting to see if Marcel Brands has got the final say on whether... Marco Silva goes or not because I don't believe he has. So that'd be my my question. The next one from Liam Fitzpatrick and Mike E. Hardy. Would you play Gordon, Benningmany or Keane against Leicester? Is it worth throwing them in or would it be throwing them under the bus? It's a good question, that, because, you know, you can look at it both ways. If he does throw them, you know, those players in, then you're probably thinking he's getting a bit desperate mm. now, isn't he? But you'd have, to, you'd have to suggest that the players that he's throwing in you know, the first teamers, that they're not working. Mm-hmm. Whether he's going to re- reshuffle the formation, which 
just genuinely doesn't do in any game. I would certainly look at bringing Keane in, even from the start, just just get him in. You know, Leicester are going to be a hard team to play against, and we need a, an attacking attacking threat. He scored two goals for the Italy under twenty one side last week, and then wasn't used um, for the for the Norwich game, which was was very baffling. But me, I, I don't know. I think I'm not saying he's had his chance, but I think if he if he was gonna if he was good enough, he would have already been in the team. And for Gordon, there's no reason why he couldn't be on the bench. And if we needed the goal, one last throw of the dice to, to, to get that goal with with a young player, an unknown, less defenders might not know a lot about him. Who knows? But I would certainly it would be in the it wouldn't be in the back of my mind. It'd be in the front of my mind yeah. to, to use those three players without a doubt. Yeah, I think for me, I agree with you know the, the keen, but I think the other two, I think you know it's almost like a a no win for Silver because if you just play them and, and it goes. No wrong, and, and we get a bit of a, you know, a bit of tonking or you know, another another disappointing defeat. He'll be criticised for throwing them in. Yeah. I think um, at, at, the, at the on the opposite, on the opposite side, you know, the fresh blood in position might work, but I don't think we'll see any one of the three of them playing on Sunday. To be fair, I think not even keen, mom. I think they'll be on the bench if at best. Okay, fair enough. James Philip Craig. He's asked, since things clearly aren't working as they are with tough games coming up, is it try is it time to try something like a a back three, a three at the back? Probably not, no, because you don't you don't think we've got the wing backs mm. to operate that way. Um you know. The the defence doesn't seem to be the issue, is it at the moment? I know we've conceded goals, but it's scoring goals, when it we're just not scoring goals. Yeah. No, but I think I think the the, the two centre sacks weren't great on Saturday either way, did they think to be you certainly cut both the first goal. Yeah, they got a little bit too bullied a little bit by Pucky, but no, I don't think I don't think it is time to try a back three. I don't I don't think we will see a back three because I don't think Marco Silva's in really position now to, to gamble and take chances, big chances like that. I think he'll rather stick with the traditional back four what he what he's, he's prioritised most of the season. Okay, I agree with that one. Move on to that question with the Benji Byrne asks, Do you think Silva would be kept on if if and I mean a big if he was to win Sunday and get a draw in his RB. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, because yeah. if he's not going to get sacked against Norwich after after that Norwich defeat, then why sack him after getting four points against the top two? But that that would be typical Everton, though, to mm. to sack that man, sack a manager like that after probably two positive results. So absolutely, I think if we if we get four points, probably say even get three points out of the next, so beat one of them. Mm, but I suppose if you. Sunday's vital, isn't it? Sunday is vital because well, if, he, if he does lose, there's there's every chance of him going and a new manager going in for the derby because that's just a free pass. Yeah, new manager. Well, I think I think you're right. I think Sunday, Sunday, Sunday defines it all, really, doesn't it? Sunday, Sunday, you can you can forget about the derby almost and just focus on Sunday because yeah. that that is what defines it all and that is what we will see whether you know they stick with Silver. I mean, my personal opinion is I think Silver will get the derby. I think even if we get beat on Sunday, yeah. I think he will get the derby. Yeah. I'm even inclined a little bit to think he'll probably get Chelsea at home. Really? Because I think if you look at the derby, so when we play Chelsea, it's a really, really tight turnaround. You're going from playing Wednesday night and then Chelsea get kick off his Saturday lunchtime. So whoever you do bring in is probably only getting one meaningful training session with the players yeah. before another massive game. You get the feeling that a little bit maybe we'll send them out there to you know, nail, nail, his cough, nail his coffin for one last time. What about a draw, though, against Leicester that save him? 
Probably, yeah. I think it probably would. Yeah. Because I think, as you say, if we can't second half to beat being beat by Norwich, then he, he looks at bulletproof at the minute, doesn't he? Right, okay. There's your question answered there, Benji. Martin Jarvis. Now, you're going to have to tell me how to pronounce that team. How do you say it? Philomeco. Philomeco? Philomeco, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that then. Okay, Martin Jarvis has asked, with Mikel Arteta being touted, touted and Philomeco third in Portugal under João Pedro Sosa, does that show how much Silva relied on social support last season and the importance of a top-quality backroom staff? Well, this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's long been a case of like the Everton coaching staff coming under criticism and, and scrutiny. You, you think of Dave Duncan Ferguson, for instance. There's been plenty of people on social media who've kind of said, what does he do? What's his role at the club? Mm. You know, I think he's now on his third manager at the club. <laughs> Gonna get sacked, which is by no means a, a, a the best kind of dossier to have his own. You see, you don't you know. know how much of a say he has yeah. within the coaching setup. You don't, setup, you don't know how much of a say he has yet, and you don't know how much of Marco Sil- how much Marco Silva listens to the people around him and who are close to him and what what say they have. You know, I think you look at Man United, for instance, under Ferguson towards the end of his his tenure, the assistant manager is very much hands on and done a lot of the coaching and, and the training and stuff. So you don't get the impression that's maybe the case with Silva. I think he's more of a hands on coach himself. Mm-hmm. Is also on the training grounds and, and, and doing stuff. So, we, I think, in in how much of an impact Sosa had at the club, you don't really know. Um, although he's, he's doing obviously doing very well now, and he looks, you know, very he looks yeah. like he he's standing on his own two feet with ease. You don't know the impact he had on the club and in terms of the tactical setup and stuff. I think the the importance of a top quality backroom staff is vital. I think if you look at all the, the big clubs and the best clubs who, who you know competing, you know, are, are the standouts. They've got a really tight knit unit in terms of the coaching staff. I mean, you know, Guardiola yeah. and, and Arteta at City, you know, Jan Klopp and Perlinders at Peplinders at Liverpool. You know, even like like so Brendan Rogers now at, at Leicester, you know, he's put a Colo Touring, people like that, and he's worked previously and everything seems tight knit. You'd never really see that at Everton, you'd think it's a little bit, you know, Duncan Ferguson, for instance, being there isn't necessarily part of the Marco Silva setup the way others at the club. Like those bone more so it does see a little bit disorganised at times. I think the, the coaching setup at Everton, and I think you know to be one of the best teams, we we do need a, a tight knit backroom staff who who are all kind of pulling in the same direction. I mean, people are going to ask those questions, are they about backroom staff and you know assistant managers who've left when results aren't going well, and then as as has been mentioned there, that results are going well for him in Portugal. It's obviously a, mm-hmm. a standard question to ask, isn't it? So. I hope that has answered it for well, you. Well, but I mean, on the flip side, just on the flip side, that's sort of, you know, Alan Irvine, by all accounts, was a great assistant manager under David Moyes at mm. Everton. You know, done really, really well. And it was probably, was you know, beside David Moyes and a lot of the really good times he had at the football club. Yeah. When he went on his own two feet and, and, and tried to become his own manager, you know, he, he fell pretty emphatically, I think, three times. Yeah. He was sacked, so it doesn't always work out the way people perceive and the way people expect. Okay, next question. Callum Lapsley asks, up-and-coming Arteta or successful Benitez discourse? Um, well, if you've listened to previous podcasts on the Royal Blue Channel this past week, I've gave my opinion on should Everton sack Marco Silva, who should be the next manager in. And it's the standout candidate for me. Is, realistically, it's got to be Rafa Benitez. I understand the, the association with Liverpool, the things he said in the past. Um, they, they are obviously... An issue, but we 
we need someone with with experience. We need someone who's won trophies. We need someone who's been there at the highest level, even at the lowest level. You know, when I say lowest level, he he managed Newcastle in the championship. He he got them up in the championship, and then he managed to keep them up. I, I feel like he is an all rounder who can who can work with money and and can't work with money. He's a, he's very he's someone who can organize a team. Michael Arteta, it's very hard to comment because you just don't know. You just don't know. He's the assistant manager at Manchester City. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, Pep Guardiola's protege, he's even talked about him being, or Pep has even talked about him being the um, the manager at Manchester City one day. I think that's a good couple of years off yet. I, I mean, I don't know. Michael Arteta is a, is a probably, goes far to say, is a legend at Everton Football Club. But certainly a, a player who's looked on favourably by the fans, a former player anyway. It's a huge gamble if we go for Arteta because it's just the exact same gamble that we've done with Silva. Someone who's probably not got the necessarily qualifications at this right moment in time. So for me, out of those two, I would go with Benitez. Yeah, I think the position we're in right now, I agree. I think Benitez, I've long thought Benitez should have been, you know, I've often thought, you know, there's two managers out there who probably would be managed Everton Football Club by now had they not had an association with, with Liverpool and that was Benitez and Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I think both of them got really good CVs and you know, Benitez, if he's available, and he, he will, I, I certainly think Benitez would take the job as well. I don't think there's any question that Benitez would turn his nose about it. Yeah. I think it, it ticks every box for him. He's back in the Premier League. He can stay back at home. Yeah. Obviously, he still lives on the Wirral. So, I think it ticks all the boxes and for as good as Arteta could be in years to come, you think of the, the position we're in now, it's a massive gamble to bring someone who's, who's untried and untested this level. And You're going in a blind, aren't you? You think Benny says everywhere he's gone, he's done a good job. He's, he's made the team stable, solid, hard to beat. And, you know, I think with the plays we've got, I think he could, you know, really kick us on. Okay, thanks for your question, Callum. Next one from Keith Sharples. How can Silva keep picking the same plays? You'll let him down time and time again. And during the press conferences, he talks up the kids. If he's going to save his job now, he needs to mix it up. Bit of power, bit of pace, movement is needed, surely. I think obviously that reverts to the, the, the previous question. Yeah, well, yeah, but obviously the, the, the question from Liam Fitzpatrick and Mikey Hardy about the younger players coming in as well, really, doesn't it? Well, I honestly don't see... I honestly just think this is where Silva's lost the plot. You think he's lost the plot? Yeah, because his comments after Saturday where he talked about pace and lacking that pace in the team, I could not believe... Because he's the man who picks them players. <laughs> he's the man who put Alex Warby on the bench. You know, mm. he's the one who starts Gilfy Sigurdsson yeah, yeah. and Zen Tosin as, as a front two. So, while it's great that he talks up the, the club, it's his own doing. And I know, you know, Keith's basically saying he's picking the same players. But he's not picking the same players off his own back. No, I don't think anyone's forcing him to pick them same players. Is he saying no? This is literally what I've got to work with. Is he like no, like but, but uh, maybe a little bit. But he's got people with pace and power and movement on the bench. I Moise Keane. Alex will be so if that's what he wants from the players, we'll play them two up top then. Yeah. Play them two up top and play Charleston Walker top wide. Couldn't agree more. You've got pace then, <laughs> haven't you? You know you've got pace, so you've got pace, power, and movement. Mm. So for me, it's just his own doing. It's not a case of yeah, the plays the plays were terrible you know, on Saturday. Too many of them hit. None of them really looked interested. But in terms of this thing of can we build a defense for Silver off the back of that? No, you can't because he picks them players. And his comments on Saturday, when I seen them on, on Twitter, I just could not believe, could not believe he'd, he'd said that because it just strikes as a manager who had lost the plot because you, you can't basically more about the team selection when you pick the team yourself. 
Craziness. Absolute craziness. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast. Oliver Evans asks, do we think it's a vicious circle? I heard as part of the last podcast one of the guys saying if he was Eddie Howe, leaving Bournemouth for Everton was a bad option. How are we going to change things and, and get a decent manager? We have funds, good players, not everywhere, and a new stadium on the horizon but are being laughed at by fans over the teams. I think it's, it's 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 tough. I mean, I don't actually know what the question is there. I, I think... I think he's, he's, he's basically... How do we get a... Is he basically saying, how do we get a good manager? Well, I think... Top manager. We, we, we could get a top manager in Rafa Benitez, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think he comes to football club, yeah. so... I mean, you, you, it's the dream, isn't it? Like, to, we've, we've said it for a, a couple of years now because of, of the way things have panned out in football. You know, can we get Mourinho... Can we get Simeone? We we have been linked with those mm-hmm. in the media, whether that's been you know a realistic option, but we have been linked with those type of managers, and obviously that's whetted a lot of Everton fans' appetite for you know bigger names, managers who've won trophies and stuff like that. It, that's only links in the media. That's literally all it is. Realistically, the only manager out there, like we've just said, is, is Rafa Benitez. Otherwise, you, you literally. You're gonna to have to do what we did under David Moyes and get a young up and coming manager who, who is gonna learn his trade, mm. who like builds himself in into the club and integrates himself into the club. And obviously David Moyes was a you know considered a success despite not obviously winning a trophy. We we tried to do that. What what we just said there, a big name with Cumin. It, it never worked mm. out. I felt he he was too big for the club. I mean Martinez. Prior to that, we. You know, he'd won a trophy. You know, he'd worked well under under Wigan, but obviously, obviously got relegated. It's a mixed bag of of, of managers and what and what we need. I, I just think we need someone who knows how to organise a team defensively, midfield, and attack. And you know, in the big games, know how to win the big games. Get your players re- mentally right to win those big games. And repeat myself again, but um, if Silva was to go. Um, it would be rough. I think the interesting point with, with that question as well is that there does feel an almost kind of inevitability now to Everton in terms of, you know, if you're Eddie Howard Bournemouth, you've probably got a job for life, if we're being honest. Mm. The, the, the stuff he's done there, he's worked wonders, you know, similar to Sean Dyche at Burnley, you know, the fact that they are where they are and they're competing and doing so well, etc. They take a gamble and come to like an Everton if in two years' time it's not 18 months, it's not working out. In all likelihood, they probably are going to get a P45 mm. because we've seen that. And a good payoff. Well, but the, well, is if he stays at Bournemouth, he keeps his credit. And I think that's the, the angle of it's a it's not a backwards it's not a backwards step coming seven from Bournemouth. It's just the gamble of well, you're in a job for life, comfortable. Do you come and move mm. to Merseyside? You know, and if and it, you know, people forget as well. You know, David Moyers, you know, did have a lot of success at Everton. But there's also a lot of times in his early couple of years where he was on the ropes mm-hmm. a little bit. Absolutely, and, yeah. And, and I think, you know, if you look back now, and I know it's easy to say, he probably wouldn't have survived. He, he would have been long gone. Well, this is why we've um, been going through managers, a lot of managers. He probably would have been years. gone in three years, if, if we're being brutally honest. So, you know, it's not like it used to be where, you know, Bill Cameron to give him time, patience. You know, everyone would just kind of accept there's going to be bumps along the road, etc. Now there's a pressure on, now there's money being spent on plays left, right and centre, the pressure's on and, and with that comes a ruthless nature what what, what we've, we've effectively seen over the last five years. Absolutely. Next question is from Paul Carew Rideout. 
If we sack Silva, that's four managers who haven't been able to deliver the standards we expect as Evertonians. Do you think maybe there's something more deep-rooted in the club, which from outside the fans don't realise? I don't think that... I think now fans are realising that the ballroom is a little bit split on, on ways to move forward. I think we've probably got too many chiefs and not enough Indians mm. in terms of the ballroom. I think, in my opinion, Marcel Brand should be now sitting there saying, no, I appoint the next manager. You know, but isn't this what should have been? This is like the whole purpose of brands being there. Yeah, exactly, and, and, that, the and, that, and that's why that's why you know he should be sitting there saying, "Well, you know, he should be saying to Farage, you've had three goals and messed everyone, messed every one of them up." He should be saying to Bill, "You're looking at it from a nostalgia, sentimental point of view, and what David Moyes done for you." But he shouldn't even have to be saying these type of things. He should no, just he be... shouldn't. But I think it's hard, isn't it? Because you've got you know two men who, you know, seemingly want control, used to being in control. You know, the businessmen, the business owners. You know, Farage probably looking and say, "Well, I put the money in." I should be intact, that's what I want to say. Bill Kennett's probably looking at it in, a, in a, a, an angle of, well, he's always made the decisions, he's always been, he's always had his voice heard because he's been at the club for so long. So it's kind of like the crossover, catch 22. And I think that's where, you know, Marcel Brand has, has got to take control really and say, look, you know, is he getting it all wrong here? Yeah, let me, let me have, let me take control. And ultimately then, you know, you can, you can then stem back then, you know, if it goes wrong, the next manager then, you know, ultimately Marcel Brands is under pressure as a result because it was his appointment. Mm-hmm. At the minute, you don't know who's appointment who, who wants who, who's backing who, who's actually convinced by the signing of the, the incumbent. So it's just a mess. And I think the deep-rooted problems are probably a bit of a boardroom split and people don't know how to... There's, there's people in our boardroom who, who want to say and, 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 be, and I think a little bit, it does seem to me personally as Marcel Brands and... Marcel Brand's in a position where Bill Kenwright and Farah Mashiri basically have an overall control of all football operations on a day-to-day basis over probably 96% of the stuff, mm-hmm. except when it comes to a new manager. And for me, it just feels like the two of them kind of pull rank and kind of want the voice heard mm. and want you know what they want brought to the table. And I think that's the position that we're in now. I think you look back, you know, Koeman coming in was, was, you know, that was a Machiri appointment. I think Kenwright was behind that one because it certainly seemed that way. Then after that, you know, you're looking at like, you know, David Unsworth to Aldice. It was abundantly clear in the media that Kenwright was keen for Unsworth to be given a chance. Far as left, Sean wanted to Aldice, who mm-hmm. we believe Kenwright didn't want yeah. to bring into the football club. And then again, you know, Marco Silva was seemingly handpicked by Farah Bashiri given the pursuit that has long started before he eventually become manager of, of the club. So I think the deep-rooted problem hasn't been identi- identifiable in, in recent time, but I think the last certainly four days have, have showed the world that Everton have got Everton's deep problems behind the boardroom, or starting the boardroom, certainly. Yeah, I mean, the, the next question from Mark David-Smith does relate to kind of what we just said there, doesn't it? Like, what is Brand's job? And should he, shouldn't he... Have a list of replacements for Silver ready to go. Well, yeah, this and this is something that I, I, I've never really. I think I spoke about this after the be, be, after the Burnley game when you know I, I did call for Marco Silver to be sacked after the Burnley game because mm. I did feel it was inevitable that we were going to sack him at some point. This this kind of whole saga and scenario that we're living at the minute was always going to come after the Sheffield United game. You know, after that Sheffield United game, that we you did call it. We were going to hit a brick wall moment where everything was going to come crashing in. And Saturday, everything come crashing in on, on the football club. Because mm. um, Silver had took it to the brink so many times, but then dodged it at the very last. Mm. Saturday, it come climbing in. And I remember saying, uh, you know, 
for me, Marcel Brand should the club should have a list of targets, and that's not from a negative perspective for people saying, well, you know, who is we shouldn't be planning to sack the manager and have a list of targets. That means we've got no faith in him in the first place, etc. We've got to look at it in two ways. You should have a list of alternatives anyway, because there's an it could have been a strong possibility this year that, for instance, Marco Silva comes in, does really, really well, gets us off to a flying start. Porto, who haven't started that great this season in, in Portugal, mm. a little bit off the pace, sack their manager and come calling for Marco Silva. And he thinks, well, you know what, I'm going to go home. It's guaranteed silverware, big club, Champions League football every year. So we could have lost our manager, even starting the season well. So even in that situation, you've got to have a plan to say, well, mm, yeah, if, we, if yeah. we do lose him, yeah. this is what we're going to do. This, yeah. will be the, this will be the immediate, short-term, long-term, you know, eventuality. And it just does not seem the case. It just does not seem that we've got anyone in mind. I think it it just... <laughs> I think the fans are divided because you speak, everyone you speak to has got a different opinion. Yeah. Some want David Moyes back, some want, like, like yourself, Rafa, some want Eddie Howe, oh, Arteta. You know, some just simply don't mark Marco Silva out the club. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really care who takes over, you know, because yeah, they, yeah. they just had enough. Yeah. So it's just an absolute mess from top to bottom. It's a mess. And Brands' job should have been to have a list of targets, but having kind of seen what we've seen over the last couple of days, it's easy to see why he hasn't. Because if he's got Marcel Brands and Bill Kenwright seemingly bringing targets to the table for him, then why would he waste his energy and his time compiling a list of managerial targets when there's two men who are directly above him? Mm. I've got their own ideas on what way we should be going and where we should be going yeah, next. Absolutely. Spot on. Carl Bloxham asks, Is it my fault we are doing so bad? Reason being, I have had Luca Dean in my fancy team. Another song of the goal from Chris Wood <laughs> January. <laughs> Tell you what, if we don't go for Chris Wood in January, I don't know what I don't know what Carl's going to do. He's more informed than our own centre forwards, isn't he? So it's not actually a bad shout. Because, but in saying that, it's not hard to be more informed than centre forwards, yeah. is it? Right now, I mean, Carl, you can't blame yourself for Everton's uh, no. dire situation. So yeah, it's definitely not your fault. Back to Chris Wood. The more and more you ask the question, the more and more I'm thinking we should actually. Go for it. Just signed a new contract though, hasn't he? So I think that might be a little bit out of reach. Yeah, so, well, there you go. Yeah, there's the answer to that. Um, Martin Jameson, he's asked, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Who's your favourite first team player and why? I'm going to be honest. I'm, going to, I'm just going to answer that question myself. I haven't got a favourite first team player at this moment in time. They don't deserve it. Not Every single I. one of them. Only the I. <laughs> I think there's nothing positive to say on that. It's the really I mean, maybe I think, I think if you said who's your worst player, we'd have more. We'd, we'd have a debate on the whole show. We'd be here all day, <laughs> you know, analysing where we're going wrong and where we're going right. So, no, I don't think I've, I haven't got a favourite first team player myself at the minute. I don't think. Okay, two questions left to go before we finish the podcast. At Norwich, Charleston, Davis, Mina, we're the only ones putting any sort of shift in. Six and Silence should not grace the pitch again until they've had a good look in the mirror. I will be in Delph. Hopefully, we'll place them in the coming weeks. Still struggling to understand when losing one nil one. Swapping Sadiwe for Coleman. I think that is the big talking point, isn't it? That certainly surprised many, many yeah. people on, on Saturday. And I was And that question and that question is from Anthony Roberts Jr. That 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 substitution, the way it comes so early, the mm. fact that Silver opted to roll the dice on sixty three minutes and, and kind of go for it. Yeah. Certainly took me by surprise and, and certainly I think left a lot of Evertonians in amazement at Goodison. Just a strange decision. You 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 one nil down, plenty of time to go and he brings a right back on for a right back. Granted Sidibe wasn't having the best game. I don't think anyone was having the best game, so you could have took anyone off, really. But 
it was just crying out for for Moise Keane mm-hmm. for me. Um, I found it strange that he took a winger off for a centre forward as well. Um, and Walcott and bringing Dominic Carver-Lewin on. For me, the obvious choice was just take Tokeson off for for Keane, and then you've got Dominic Carver-Lewin. Probably still keep Walcott on and keep Sadibi on on the pitch. That that would, would yeah. have been I'm, again. I'm not saying that would have been the right the right thing to do, but we lost the game, so it, it, what he did quite clearly wasn't the right thing to do. I just thought it meant we were a bit desperate to me going with was a four four two with Sigerson and Tom Davis in midfield, mm. two wingers, two forwards, and it just become a little bit desperate. And, that we're almost Sunday league guess just like kind of pumping balls forward, hoping Calvert Lewin are going to flick on, and, yeah. and which I, he did a couple of times, but then just but didn't I, get anywhere. Was but it? I think the fact that you know we got to like 75, 80 minutes, and you could see it wasn't really working, nothing was coming to fruition from that. And you knew it was going to be a long ten minutes then because we rolled every dice. There was no more keen to come on. There was no let's go, let's go free at the back, and yeah. we we rolled every dice. And I think ultimately Silver got desperate. I think he panicked. I think as soon as Norwich have scored, he's panicked and thought, I've got to do something here and I've yeah. got to do it fast. He's panicked and it did just feel a little bit strange replacing your right back for your right back when one's not injured. And, you know, ultimately, you know, our £35 million for centre forward was once again left on the bench. Absolutely. Last question from John Wardle. Why are we so against ex players taking over as manager, considering every manager who has won a trophy with us has been an ex player? I don't think strange I, one I, that, I don't, I don't think anyone's actually against it. Um, I, I think people are, are right to have caution over David Moyes. Begin David Moyes back, but obviously he wasn't an ex-player, was he? he was a, no, he was an ex-player, but yeah. I think people are right to have that that side of caution. Yeah, yeah. I think you know I, I, I agree with a, a lot of what Jamie Carragher said on Monday Night Football about Everton, but the one bit I did disagree with quite you know a lot of. Was when he said, you know, Everton fans shouldn't judge Moyes on the last six, his last six years. He should judge him on the eleven years he had at the club. Mm. Well, for me, I, mean, I don't think football's come a long way. I don't think then, I don't think it? that's right. No, I don't, I don't think that's that's right at all. I think it should be you, you judged on what you've most recently done. You know, you, you can't say, oh, well, you know, he had six, seven really good seasons in his eleven years at the club. Football's moved on a long, as you say, football's moved on a long way. And I think you know, it's it's it's. I think it's a seventeen years since he was first appointed Everton manager. 16 years since he was first appointed effort manager. It's a long, long time. And I think people are right to have caution. People are right to have caution over Mikel Arteta as well. It's a massive, massive gamble. He's an, he's an unproven, untested rookie. You know, and Mark Hughes, ex-player as well. Mark, I'm not even going to answer that one. I'm not even going to answer that one. Sparky. Um, well, he's been, he's, he's been desperate for a couple of years to get the effort job, hasn't he? Well, yeah. You, you think back when David Moyes first left the club and... He was right on Sky Sports doing interviews, kind of put himself in the frame, and mm. he's kind of been the name. He's always fizzled about, I think, a little bit around the job. But it's the perfect job for that calibre of manager, isn't it? You know, the likes of Allardyce, Moyes, Hughes, you know, those English managers, or Scottish managers as well, sorry. Who, British then. Yeah, British, yeah. <laughs> who were, uh, you know, they're still looking to... They want to get crashed the top six, yeah, but they're not going to get a top six job, basically. And win a, win a trophy, and Everton just seems yeah. to be the stepping stone to do that. So it is, you can tell it's the perfect. Well, well, so well I, I certainly think now when you when you look at the likes of, you know, Tottenham, for instance, going out and getting Mourinho. Mm. Which well, they had, they had Redknapp, didn't they? Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is the fact that that job become available, and where people might have thought, you know, and Eddie Howe might have been with a, with a chance to get in it, they go out and get one of the most proven Trophy winners ever. Trophy winners that that, 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 that has been in recent history. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when they're doing stuff like that, people start going, you know, wow, you know, Wolves, Arsenal seemingly identified, you know, Spirito Santo 
from Wolves is, is there. Yeah. Ideal candidate to take over. So again, <coughs> you know that that British model uh, uh, don't really stand much for chance. And I think I don't think people are against the. I think going back to the question, I don't think people are against ex players becoming our manager. I just don't think it's the time of right for yeah. them to be to be brought in. And I think you know, like we like we alluded to earlier, you know, probably the most experienced man we can get right now is Rafa Benitez. And you know, you you will point you know Mikel Arteta, and you know, if it goes wrong after the games and. You know, we've, we've only drawn two and, and lost five. Yeah. Or sorry, lost six. Are people going to start calling for him, you know, saying, well, we need to back fast here because we're in danger of potentially going down? I feel that they're very you, reluctant you to know. appoint another interim stopgap manager because yeah. then, it, if the, obviously, when at the end of the season, even if we stay up and he's done, whoever it is has done solid, you're more than likely going to have to sack that manager again yeah. to bring another one in. And then you're just building your managers up that you've appointed and sacked. And it's not going to look great. Well, well it'd be interesting, though, wouldn't it? Because, you know, I think the ex-player in, in, in question here is, is Mikel Arteta. Because uh, he's done one really with any sort of real credibility you, you could see getting yeah, the job. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting what they'd done with Mikel Arteta if he did come in. Because, like I say, if he didn't get off to the best stars and they were struggling, do the clubs come out and say, well, we're sticking by no matter what? He's, you'd he, have to, though, wouldn't he's, he's here for two years. No, but what, what I'm saying is, but if we were also nervous the, after his first 10 games, fourth from bottom two points above the drop zone nerves looking over our shoulder do the club panic and think well we can't afford to get relegated relegated is not relegation is not on our radar mm. you know thanks thanks for everything for the last 10 last you know 10 <laughs> weeks but we need to bring someone in who's going to who's going to who's get us over the line to stay up that's me for me is where I, I, I think it will get interesting because you can't imagine anyone in that boardroom at the start of the season even contemplated the sight of being in a relegation battle let alone the, the prospect of going down so, I think you've got to look at the situation we're in. It's not a situation you want to, you want to, in my opinion, would you want to blow Arteta into that right now? No, I agree. Um, well, let's hope we're not sat here in ten weeks' time having that very same conversation <laughs> because I don't think I'd be able to get. We to could do be it. sat here in ten weeks' time, not Marco Silva. If he gets a couple of, you know, well, if that is the case, then that's got to be a positive, surely. Sure. Or, or, or we'll be sitting here in 10 weeks' time talking about Marco Silva and how the hell, how's he just still dodging bullets? <laughs> so, I don't think it'll last that long. Surely, won't last that long. All right, Connor. Um, that's that's it for everything on your uh, your agenda podcast. That's all your questions asked. Um, we're going to try and be a bit more consistent with the the agenda podcast and answering your questions because we we haven't done one for a while. So it's the first one we've done in a couple of weeks, but we will try and make it a, a weekly podcast in the in the Royal Blue Channel. Um, Connor, thanks very much, and hopefully Thank you, Everton. You know, three points at Leicester. Let's let's see what happens. Be optimistic. Yeah. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.